What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Full Circle Fantasy Podcast with your host, Frank Scandero and Cody Cutzer, where each week we dive deep into all aspects of the fantasy world, Devi, Dynasty, and DFS. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another show. Life. There's no going back, Majax. Fucking this all up. You're out. A month behind podcast, and now he's already ruining this one. Dude, we were only like two seconds in, too. That's impressive. I think I ruined the last one, too. Do you guys know how to send out a uh, send out a link? Got it. Frank's just going to have to edit this out. <laughs> I was thinking about how I could manage to troll both this chat and the uh, open bar chat at the same time, but I don't know if I'm that good. <laughs> that was the one thing I thought of. I was like, shit, man, we're going to be competing with the, the open bar right now. It's probably, probably not a wise choice for, for a live broadcast. Yeah, but most people are watching it back. You know, they're not. It's hard to go live on this stuff. <clears throat> open bar, not many podcasts do live stuff anyway. Figure it out. I think so. I was going to come give Frank shit, but now I'm going to have to talk shit on his own podcast because I believe, and I quote, "We will never have McGriff on as a guest," and so I'm like. <laughs> McGriff is on as a guest, and he couldn't even show up to talk to me, or what? Dude, he's he's ducking you, man. He 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 doesn't want none of the Griff. Yeah, I don't know about that whole thing. Right? It might be a he can't play. he can't ha- can't handle the delts. That's all right. Good old Frank. He just figured. Yeah, that sucked. Dude, food poisoning's the worst. All right, boys. Well. I guess we should get started at this point. Welcome into the Full Circle Fantasy Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Cody Kutzer. We are sans fuego this evening. He uh, he had the he had the one week IR. He he's due to be back. We're not sure. He tried to make it through walkthroughs. See, I think what happened was he's been holding in all those hot takes and not letting them out. So they had to come out some way, and they came out a different a different orifice. So he tried to gut it out through the walkthroughs. He couldn't make it. So in his in his absence, I brought on none other than the two Matts from DHH. We got Matthew Jackson and Matt Griffith, aka aka Deltron, aka your commission's favorite commish. Boys, what's going on? Man, Frank is so fire that it's coming out of both ends. I'm actually kind of impressed. Not even mad. <laughs> Now, Frank, we feel for you, man. Sorry that uh, you ain't able to make it, but I appreciate you guys having me on despite the fact saying maybe less than two weeks ago that I would never be a guest on this pod. So here I am in Frank's absence, and uh, you can't quit me, Frank. Look, I'm just surprised Cody used the word orifice. I didn't know he knew that big a word. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you guys inviting me on. I'm excited to do this. I'm going to try and 
try and pull a uh, be as big as I can, trying to cover cover Frank's shoes. I know that's a hefty task, but I'm trying to do what I can. No, man, I appreciate appreciate you guys coming on. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, we're just going to go over some news and notes. We're going to touch on a little bit of week one recap from college side, touch on some deadly implications there, and then we're going to look at the week one NFL slate. Guys, we're, we're here, man. We're in it. This is the well, best um, time we can do. This is – I love this, man. This is this – is, I don't even have words for it. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> excited. Listen to this. So this weekend lined up. I'll, Saturday I'll be at the Fresno State is hosting Minnesota. So I'm really excited to see that, especially with Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson. So Fresno State's hosting Minnesota. I'll be there. Saturday is like – I mean, Sunday is going to be like a full day event, going to my buddy Gary's house. And then Monday night, I'll be at the Raiders home opener against the Broncos in Oakland. Monday night football. Here we go, man. So it's it's kicking off right this year. Man, I got to find a TV. I'm not even going to lie. We just finished it. <laughs> we ain't got cable yet. So I'm going to have sit, to uh, sit down somewhere and find a TV to watch all these games this weekend. Yeah, we got Deltron making the trip around the world, and you don't even have a TV. There's <laughs> – there's something going on here, man. We, 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 we gotta fix that. <laughs> gotta. <laughs> you we might gotta be uh, uh, you might have to sur- uh, plant yourself at the Buffalo Wild Wings or something like that. Wild and wild just park it all day long. Try to find his house. He might have one. You gotta get a. Uh, you gotta get Tyler to bump up that payroll, man. Get you get you a TV. <laughs> Dude, I just recently found out that y'all were getting paid, man. I've been paying him like five dollars a month. He said it was some staying tax or something. He's been keeping me around. I had to pay him. <laughs> Smart. He's got to, yeah, you got to pay the bill somehow, right? Yeah, all the new guys are coming in are now chipping in for the for the website and the Patreon. But dude, let's uh, let's start it off. Uh, Lashawn McCoy to Kansas City. Um, what do you think the impact is going to be on Damian Williams and Darwin Thompson? Uh, do you have any interest in acquiring any of those guys in Dynasty? And what are you doing with them in redraft? So just for me personally, I'm trying to buy about all the Darwin Thompson chairs I can. Um, I saw somebody tweet a few days ago. Um, can't give credit where credit is due because I can't exactly remember who tweeted it. So if you're listening to this pod and you hear me quoting your tweet, I'm sorry. I don't know who you were, but <laughs> I'm going to try and do it justice. Um, LaShawn McCoy is a 31-year-old running back. He averaged 3.2 yards per carry last year. He ranked 45 out of 47 qualified running backs in DVOA, 41st out of 47 in PFS rushing grades, and 41st out of 47 in PFS elusive ratings. Um, so is that is that good? So I, that's that's pretty bad from what I can tell. But you know, I guess I guess if you're playing golf, lowest score wins. Is that how that works? I don't, I don't really know exactly how that works. But but for me, guys, I'm. I'm taking advantage all I can of the hype of LaShawn McCoy returning to an Andy Reid offense. You, you know, as a fantasy football community, we tend to overreact about as quick as we can. And for me, I've seen people people selling Darwin Thompson for anything they can get in, in the hopes that LaShawn McCoy does what he's done with Andy Reid in the past. But I, just, I don't see, for me personally, a 31-year-old running back who – quite frankly, the last two or so years hasn't been that great anyway, coming in there and being a workhorse running back. And just I just with as much as Andy Reid has talked Darwin Thompson up this all offseason, I don't see him not having a role this year. I just don't see it. 
What's funny is Majax came in here saying, oh, I guess I got to get prepared for this. And he's dropping PFF type <laughs> stats on us out the gate. Oh, man. No. So what's funny is, and I don't like to go back and be like, oh, I called this and I said this, but, but I was very going to do. I'm about to do that. Um, I was very much a fan of trying by LaShawn, like, I don't know, three, four or five months ago when the writing was starting to be on the wall because everyone was like done with them. And I was saying to buy him in hopes that he gets cut because, you know, if he got cut, he wasn't just going to go home. He still very much thinks he's good, um, you know, aside from the stats that, that Matt was just dropping. But I was saying buy him for the cheapest you could ever possibly got shady in his dynasty career. And then you're going to be able to sell him for at least a round more than what you bought him for. So it's kind of what I was going for. And it's one of those back of the end things. And as soon as he got cut and the rumors started, the shares that I did go buy earlier this offseason, I was already getting hit up for him before he even landed anywhere. So it was like, he might go to KC, he might go to San Diego. The best return I did get is I sold him for a 2021 second and bought him for significantly cheaper than that. So it's one of those things like, man, I know this isn't like a, a roster, you know, oh my God, this is going to make my team. But it's those kind of things that you could tweak on the back end of your roster that I was looking at, like, I like when people fade those guys. And now, yes, 100% sell them. I'm not into, I'm not even a Damian Williams fan anyways. Um, I do think he's the one known this year if we're talking redraft purposes. Even the Darwin thing, I'm, I don't know how much I trust that long-term, man. There are so many good backs that are going to be coming out of the pipeline here in the next couple of years, and I know we'll start talking about that. I like Darwin Thompson too, but I, I think I like the idea of Darwin Thompson more so than I like the prospect of Darwin Thompson. And talent over opportunity usually you know wins for me and i'm not sure that the answer to that team's long-term play is even on the roster today so i'm hoping you know if you buy darwin for cheap then by all means please do that but i'm not buying shady right now and maybe if i find like a, a owner on a damian williams owner who's like kind of scared or whatever then getting him for cheaper than what you were buying him for four or five months ago um i, I just think the splits in that backfield are going to be really wonky and Somebody was saying 60, 30, 10. I would say probably going to be more like 50, 40, 10 or something along those lines, which I'm not real happy about on a week-to-week basis. And I think you hit on a good point there. The only thing that I'm doing with LaShawn McCoy right now is selling him. His stock right now is the highest that it's going to be until the end of his career. So take what you can get now, which is the highest price he's going to have for the rest of his career, and get out from under him now because I, I, don't, I don't see it. I really don't. But Jax, how do you see the uh, the splits going going there between the three backs? Well, look, looking into what Andy Reid said, I think it was was it two days ago or something like that that he sees Lashawn McCoy and Williams both as starting running backs. So that in and of itself makes me a little nervous to buy any back in that backfield. Um, right now, I mean, I like what McGriff said, maybe 50-40-10, um, 40-30-30, I don't know something. Something along the lines of that. I just, I don't see any back in that backfield being worth owning right now. Um, the sole reason that I'm buying Darwin Thompson shares is the uh, the opposite. Why I'd be selling Lashawn McCormick share, shares is because Thompson's not going to get any cheaper than he is now because everybody's freaking out and selling them everywhere they have them. Makes sense. So another running back situation where I think it clears things up a little bit actually. Um, Carlos Hyde to Houston. It, were any of you guys on Duke to begin with? And if you were, does this lower your faith in Duke at all? 
it's just timing is everything, right? So I was buying Duke a month or two months ago, selling Duke as soon as he landed in Houston. And as soon as Hyde signed, now I'm trying to buy Duke again, right? That's <laughs> so like this whole, it's all the timing element of this. I, I hit up the Duke owner in most of my leagues as soon as Hyde signed, like, oh man, Hyde's there, you know, he's potential bell cow or whatever, you know, yeah. what's he worth now, right? Because the day before he was worth a first. And I mean, you guys were just talking about this last week on yours about a late first if you're a contender. Um, and it seems crazy, but it was the real thing. It was a real asking price. And now it's gone down a little bit more. Um, I, we're, you know, Matt was just throwing down some stats on uh, LaShawn, and I bet you Hyde's are worse than that, right? I don't know if you got that available. Um, but Hyde has not been good outside of, no. what, three years ago in San Francisco when he had the 50-something receptions and everyone lost their mind. And um, meanwhile, he's now he's just chasing Duke Johnson around the country and then getting traded out from that team to the next team, and it's kind of a funny deal. But if you could buy Duke right now for a little bit cheaper than you were <laughs> last week, I would think that's a good idea. I'm not really trying to put any any um, any uh, any of my dice or of whatever into Carlos's Hyde court, man. I don't know. I just don't trust him at all. I was excited for Hyde to lose his job to Duke Johnson again. <laughs> it's already happened once. I'm just ready for it to happen again. <laughs> and then they'll draft the Nick Chubb for their team next year, and they're both done again. You know what I mean? It's just it's just this repeating cycle. It feels like I don't. I mean, know. Isn't that Can't just keep whole, a job? Doesn't that just describe fantasy to a T? Though I mean, it, the difference between having a great team and having to rebuild consistently is when you choose to buy and sell your guys. I mean, that's, yep. that's the bottom line. That's what it all boils down to. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm still high on Duke for this year, but the time to buy him is right whenever that high news hit. Like Deltron was saying, that was, you get people being like, ah, oh, man, they already brought in somebody. And just on a side note, what is Houston doing? What is, I will always have a soft spot for Bill O'Brien being a Penn State alum. He got us back on track a little bit before Franklin came in, but he's he's about the Chip Kelly himself. He's <laughs> I, I have no idea what he's doing. Like sending Martinez Rankin for Carlos Hyde and then trading what two firsts I think in a second for Tunsil and Stills. So I don't I don't think they're going to be able to draft a running back in the upcoming drafts because they have so many holes on that team, and then they just went and traded first round capital. I mean, they obviously needed a left tackle like Tunsil. Stills is repetitive with Fuller there, as long as Fuller stays healthy. But dude, that that whole situation is just weird to me. Do any any of you guys have uh, have any interest in Kenny Stills? No, not not really. No. <laughs> Bill O'Brien reminds me of that dynasty owner in one of your leagues where he's he's gotten some good players and then just makes some crazy trades and you're like, what are you doing? I understand what the motive is. You're not really making your team better and you're kind of ruining your future assets. And then somehow, like somehow he like sneaks his way into the playoffs and you're like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I don't know, but it just doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. Like from a dynasty standpoint, like how you'd run a team. And I get that Tunsil is above average at the left tackle position. I felt like they could have done a better job at that somehow, some way in, I mean, how much was Trent Williams? I, I feel like he would have been cheaper than that, right? I don't know. It's just – it's confusing, I guess. You guys ever see those pictures on uh, Twitter they are floating around where guys will put these trades in on Madden and <laughs> they'll be like, no, nah, the other team's not interested in that at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what it reminds me of. Oh, man, somebody got to plug that in. 
Bill O'Brien's like the dynasty team you look at and you're like, oh, they're definitely rebuilding. Like there's no like I'm gonna make them an offer that makes sense, and they make a trade with a team that just doesn't make any sense. You're just like, what the fuck? Like I clearly offered you something better. Yeah. He's like that owner in your league where you can confidently say he has a hot twenty twenty first. And then well, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. The Dolphins have a high twenty twenty first. And the Dude, Dolphins they're loaded, man. man. Yes, they're like yeah. they're they're like following Dynasty Twitter right now because they have six picks in the top three rounds. I think, right? I feel like they're like following everyone on Twitter and like, hmm, let's just load up on this. But you know, who knows? That team's going to look significantly different next year too. And I love that Flores is like, no, we're not rebuilding. We're trying to win. Like, yeah, we we know what you're up to, Mister Flores. You guys think Rosen's going to be the quarterback next year? Or do you think they draft somebody? Dude, I'm super <sighs> scared that he gets murdered again. Like I, I am so terrified for that man to get to it. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> it's like I, I think the I think the way to go would be to draft trenches, get some players around him, not draft the quarterback just yet, right? Like, give Rosen another year, maybe behind a better line, some upgraded weapons, see what he can do, and then maybe twenty twenty one. I don't know what that class looks like coming out quarterback wise yet. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah, yeah, Justin Fields. Yeah. So, I mean, just if you throw another quarterback like that into that same situation, I I don't know. That's – I mean, what do they have around him? Albert Wilson? Kenyon Drake is on his last year, right? Don't sleep on Preston Williams, man, the potential wide receiver one on that team. Well, this has been two yeah. years where they've set that man up to fail. Like, you can't, you can't evaluate a new quarterback's ability to play the game at a high level if you surround him with nothing and you just set them up to fail. Haven't they announced though, that Fitz magic is going to be the starter week one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what? maybe there's going to park Rosen for a while or just wait till the thing really falls off. Did, did Rosen not play better in the, better in the preseason? I don't know. I didn't see many golf preseason games, but I feel like statistically he was a better quarterback in the preseason. Well, he was also, I think getting the second team yeah. defense. But I, mean, I understand like you, you can't, you can't judge that. Cause there's still OTAs and all that kind of stuff. But Right. I don't know. Well, another one that I didn't fully understand that just came out, I think, was it earlier today, the uh, the Gio Bernard extension. Um, what do you guys think about that? I didn't think they were going to extend him. I mean, they drafted Anderson, drafted Travion Williams. Obviously, <laughs> Ronnie Anderson went down. Um, but I, I thought Gio was just going to be out, and they ended up extending him. What, any uh, any thoughts on that? Well, that's because all, all the talk all offseason the last year was this was his last year in Cincinnati, so – <laughs> That's what we I think we all expected. It shocked me. It really did. It, I was I was surprised. As the um, maybe the conductor of the Joe Mixon train, I love Joe Mixon, but I've always said Geo is better for that team. I, I like the Travion Williams draft, uh, the draft of Travion Williams, but Travion's already banged up. He is not healthy. Obviously, Anderson is done for, and his career career may be over. Um, but Geo, they need Geo. They uh, Mixon has been banged up. We'll miss maybe one, two games this year. He's a great change of pace back, one of the best change of pace backs. Um, and he's good in that off in, the, in that system. He's a great pass walker. So I'm a fan of Geo, especially if you're a Joe Mixon owner. You should go get Geo. It's kind of too late. Um, I, I guess it makes sense for their team now, but it didn't make sense maybe a couple weeks ago. So I don't know. It's kind of a weird deal, but the, the Bengals always try to find ways to confuse us too. Majax, are you buying Geo anywhere? I mean, it, that goes back to our whole point of 
you got to know when to buy and when to sell. And like we said with some of the other guys we talked about, I mean, now it's just now's not the time to buy. I mean, if you're buying now, you're buying in on the hype, which I mean, he, it's, I mean, it's like Deltron said, I mean, he, he's a great back for that system, but I'm not going to pay what's required to, to buy him right now. I'm just not. Yeah, it makes sense. Another extension right before we hit the airwaves. Jared Goff just got paid. That's excellent, man. You want to hear something crazy? So I was at, I'm going to go off topic real fast. Um, in my big league that we were up in Reno drafting this weekend, one of the guys that's been in the league with my dad for 22 years, his son played with Goff in high school and they were best friends. Um, so Robbie went out to TCU, Goff went down to this thing at Cal. Well, Robbie now lives with Jared Goff down in LA. So the guy in my league is roommates with Jared Goff. And I was like mind blown in there. I'm, I was like fanboying on my buddy who I play fantasy football with. I'm like, wait a minute, you live with Jared Goff. Like, I, I need to know more. And then yeah, I'm yeah. like, can you get him to record on his phone? Like, hey, this is Jared Goff. Thanks for tuning into the DHH podcast. Like, how hard would that be? Can I get like a 10 second clip, man? Um, but he goes, dude, as many requests as this guy gets, I don't even know if I can get one in there. I'm like, you live with them though. Like, can you just record them? Like, just hey, Jared, just say hi to my buddy real fast. So I was kind of mind blown there. But because I've been um, friends with Rob and Robbie, who've been best friends with them forever, we've known about Jared Goff, like knee high, right? And it was always like, this is guy's great, blah, blah, blah. I've always been a really big fan because of that. I like, you know, being fans of people who you know or who people know. And uh, I'm happy for him, especially because how he came out the gate when Jeff Fisher was still around and how that was like, we're talking Jamarcus Russell type bus. And it's good to see McVay get in there, really tap into that potential, turn that thing around and turn them into a legit contender and give him some excellent weapons, build that team the right way. Right. And, uh, I'm happy for him. So, and you got to pay these quarterbacks. There's nothing else you can do about it, right? Wait, wait till see what that gets here pretty soon. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, who do you think ends up being a cap casualty? Do you, like out of the out of the receivers, do you think it's going to be Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, or Cooks? Or do I you think, think they somehow find a way to to sign all those guys? When is Woods contract up? Because I feel like he's still cheap right now, right? Or uh, let's see, Woods, he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2022. Um, in 2020, it looks like they could save anywhere between 4.8 and 6 million, depending on when he's released and/or traded. Uh, Cooper Cup is obviously on that rookie deal, 2021 for him. I mean, they don't. I mean, his dead cap would only be $238,000, but they would save less than a million, so he doesn't make sense. No. And then uh, Cooks, he's signed through 2023, and he has the like the worst cap hit of them all. Um, he, they don't really have an out in that contract until 2021. So, I mean, I guess I kind of answered my own question. It would be, it would be Woods if it was going to be any of them. Yeah. I, I just They yeah. have all that money tied up in Gurley. Um, like like some something's gonna have to give here, right? I mean, even beyond that, the way the way Woods has played the last two years, you got to think that he's gonna try and capitalize on that and go out and make some money elsewhere if he can. And just financial wise, they're not gonna they're not gonna get rid of Cup on his rookie year rookie deal. And I don't know, Cooks, he's too much of a casualty hit. I mean, they're not gonna get rid of him. So I mean, just just from logistic wise, I mean. Woods is the smart play there, and 
the way he's played, I can see him going out and making more money elsewhere than what the Rams are willing to give, willing to pay him just based on cap penalties and everything. Or trade Cook for the third time in two years or whatever. <laughs> that way he can become the only player to like keep building on his resume. He's like, oh, the only player to play for four teams and have a thousand yards every year. So that way he can keep building on his his own uh, his own legend. So just two quick depth chart notes uh, that I saw on Roto World before we jumped on. Uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this and see if it has any any bearing on anything. So for the Cardinals, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitz, and Crabtree are listed as the three starters. Does that mean anything to you? Or are you guys knocking down Keyshawn Johnson or Andy Isabella at all? Well, real fast, too, I went on their website right now, and the fourth receiver is actually Trent Shurfield, not Keyshawn and not Isabella. So it, that's kind of interesting, too. I, you know, I, like I think back to when I was in college and – when I thought I was like the dude and they had me listed starting the year off at four in like fourth string. Right. And then it was just a matter of like after week one and it was completely changed and all that stuff. And, um, trying to prove points, trying to not let the rookies get too ahead of themselves. It was going to be Fitz and Kirk for sure. Right. I mean, nobody questioned that at all. Um, I'm surprised to see crabs slide in there late, but at the same time, right. I think it makes sense for how they want to go out there and do that and maybe put a couple uh, vets out there in front of the kids like Isabella and Sherfield and uh, you know Butler for what that's worth. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question with a question if I can. No, if you're if you're a new coach with a new system working with a rookie quarterback, are you going to surround your rookie quarterback with a bunch of rookie wide receivers who don't know the game speed, don't know the playbook, or are you going to put a bunch of veteran wide receivers out there to give your rookie quarterback the best chance to succeed? Look at the jacks with the logic. We don't we don't do that here, man. You come in here, you start talking about my my word usage. You get up right when I say I'm about to start the start and go live, and you go and pop a pop a pop. You guys say pop or soda? By the way, I got to know this. Oh, soda. I like the word pop. Cal- <laughs> California soda for sure. It's soda. All right. I guess I, I'm the only one that says pop. Um, <laughs> Last one for all of the shit that Dante Pettis got for all the motivation. He was playing in what the fourth quarter of one of the preseason games. That depth chart just came out. He and Goodwin are listed as the starters. Um, did you got were you guys ever on Pettis? Did all this stuff throughout the preseason make you question it at all? And are you back on Pettis? So I'll be honest, when Pettis's rookie year, when he came out, just with rookie scouting and watching game tape. I was never a Pettis fan. Um, late into the season, I'll admit I was wrong. Um, I can admit when I'm wrong, that's fine, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll own up to that one. Um, over the offseason, there was a blurb that came out about two, three weeks ago maybe. I don't know when it was exactly. But th- this whole um, depth chart and push, pushing guys above Pettis, um, just being a uh, – being a decoy or some sort of ploy to build motivation. And the, the more we've got on, I mean, I think that, I think personally that's come to fruition, I guess. Pettis, is a, Pettis was a starter at the end of the season. He was going to remain the starter this season. They were just trying to build motivation and build work ethic or whatever the problem was. Deltron, you're the, uh, 
you're the resident ball player here. Is that is that like a concern to you at all? And he had to go through those things to try and motivate him, or do you think that was just no. trying to get him to jump up? I, so it could be. I, I'm not concerned about that. And you know, here we go. We've just been talking about this for the first half of this with these new signees. I was trying to buy Pettis, all especially when they were saying, I, "I don't know about his, you know, starting. I don't know about this and da da da. We don't know what we're going to do with him." Go. I was trying to buy him then because they traded up for him last year. Although somebody threw a list together of all the guys they've traded up for in the past couple of years, and it's actually kind of gross. Um, <laughs> but they traded up for him. He was actually a stud at Washington, and maybe we forget that. But you know, everyone was blinded by John Ross when he was there. Um, but Pettis was really good. He's just really slight. Like he's, you know, he's a lighter dude. Um, but he's pretty good. And he played really well when he was with Jimmy G last year. Um, the tail end of that, not tail end of the season, or well, early on in the season. And then at the tail end, played actually started to play good with Mullins. But who knows? Like, you know, rookie dude probably thought he had the job in the bag. Everybody was kind of throwing good, uh, good one to the wayside. They were probably making him work for a little bit. Maybe his ego was getting ahead of him. Maybe he was kind of getting a little too big for his britches, and it was like a, a little reality check, right? I mean, it's still a business. You still want these guys. You want to push them, and people have different ways of doing it. Some guys require a pat on the butt. Some require a kick in the butt, and maybe he needs more of a kick in the butt with his Joker haircut or whatever. So I don't know, but I don't know. He seems like a goofy dude anyway, so who knows what he needed to get him going. But um, I I was trying to buy, and then maybe that window's over now too. But now go try and go go try and buy Debo right now because now, now's the time to go buy Debo when this news drops. I said it a few weeks ago, and I'll say it now. And if I have to die on this hill, then I'll die on the hill. But I still think deep to my core, Debo's the best receiver on that team. I just know you're probably right, man. I would rather I, and, and go receiver. get him now. Yeah, go get him now. Why this news drops that he's wide receiver three or. or who did, yeah, they had three. Him at three? No, I saw Richie James maybe at three. Something funky. I don't know, dude. That's why I like have this stuff is like whatever. Let the ball players play. Trust your gut. Um, you know, in that case, if you like Debo, go go get him today because he's definitely cheaper than the t- late first round draft capital he was pulling a couple months ago. I go get him, but I literally have him in just about every round. <laughs> I bought him everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, D- Debo was one of my favorites for sure. Uh, let's transition to some to some college news. Uh, Joe Burrows in the LSU spread offense. Are you guys buying into that hype? Do you think there's any reason for excitement here? Uh, did you guys get to watch this game at all? I, w- I went back and watched, um, you know, the the consolidated version of it. Um, and I'm glad LSU has a capable quarterback. You usually don't. I feel like they always have like some type of subpar quarterback that, you know, that doesn't help their run game, which is always good. Um, I love some of those weapons. I'm a big fan of John Emery, who should get to start here in the next couple of weeks. I'm a big fan of Jamar Chase. I like Jefferson. I think they got some really good skill positions. Um, Georgia Southern is not really the test, right? And this week they got right. Texas. And I can't remember if they're in Texas or not. But that's going to be, you know, this is the one we've got to like kind of circle back and let's talk about next week because if this could be an entirely different ball game or conversation come next week. But he looked great. Week one, he looked great, and I hope that he plays great. I hope that he continues to play well, um, especially to mix up this quarterback talk and not just have it be the same top guys that we talk about every week. I mean, I'm going to attribute it to spread offense and moving the ball around through the air, but I just for as much as people have been investing in John Emery over the offseason and Debbie drafts and whatnot, hit, having a stat line of 6 for 20 at 3.3 yards per carry against Georgia Southern, 
is a little nerve wracking, I guess, for me. I just I, I expected more, I guess, from John Henry than a three point three yards per attempt against Georgia Southern for as for as high as his Debbie stock's gotten over the last few months or so. Don't yeah, any, any reason to be concerned there, do you think? Do you I, think it's just his first game and getting used to the college game? I'm still buying. All right, uh, two more quarterbacks, these time, this time with injuries. Uh, JT Daniels for USC and Jake Bentley for South Carolina. Um, what are the impacts of the weapons there, guys like Tyler Vaughn's, um, Brian Edwards? Is there is there a big drop from who they have starting to who's going to be coming in? How do you guys feel about uh, the, the Debbie implications as far as that goes with those injuries? Uh, go ahead, Matt. So I think for me, there's more of an implication for for guys like Vaughn's and um, I have to remember the other guy. I'm blanking on his name right now. I can't remember. St. Brown. St. Brown, yeah. Thank you. I think there's more of an implication there just, j- just because of quarterback play. I think it's there, there's more of a difference between JT Daniels going out, I think, for me personally. So, but. I, I don't know. I'd I'd give it time and see, but from for me, Vaughn's and St. Brown St. Brown is what I'm more nervous about than anything. And Vaughn Vaughn's looked nice the other night. Um I watched that game almost the whole way through. I got home about midway through the first quarter. Bummed to see JT Daniels go down. I'm an SC fan and uh Slovis is not bad. I, I kind of wish Jack Sears didn't enter the transfer portal, but I think that the receivers and the way that they're going to want to do that thing, I think the receivers will still get stats. I don't know. I don't know how much I was trusting in SC as a whole anyways, even with JT Daniels behind center. So I, I don't know how much I was expecting. And I'm just trying to be realistic, even though I'm a fan of that team. I actually think Bentley missing some time. Like they didn't look good anyways. Their offense looked bad with him on the field. So Edwards, I think had one catch. If I'm if I'm thinking about that right, that's disappointing because I was really high on him and I'd like to see more from that. And they played what North Carolina and North Carolina, I don't know. I think uh Majax, you got a Tar Heel shirt on. No? Oh, sorry. Did I cut out? No, um, man, you're good. Anyways, lost I, you. I, <laughs> no, that's all good. Uh I just thought they, they didn't look great anyways. It's week one. The biggest test for me is always week one to week two. What are we talking about next week? Because if it's they started to write the ship a little bit, I just don't know if they'll be able to do that with their backup quarterback because that ship wasn't looking so hot coming out the dock anyway. So SC, I don't know if they're going to have a big drop-off per se because I wasn't expecting that to be – they weren't going you know, 12-2. and two. They weren't doing anything like that this year anyway. So I think it's still going to be – they'll be like an 8-5 and five team or something like that, a 7-6 and six type team making some type of points in yet a bowl or something like that. And we're going to talk about what could have been with JT Daniels, but I don't think they would have been. I think Helton needs to go personally, but that's a whole nother story for another day. There's a, there's a bigger drop off for me. JT Daniels going, going down there's in South Carolina. I just, they weren't that great to begin with. So just what, what statistically yeah, wise was a bit there. It's fair. So, Let's keep this uh, Debbie and college talk going. Uh, let's talk about some guys who did what we thought they were going to do, some guys that surprised us, some guys that, uh, d- that disappointed us. I'll start off. 
Dude, we were talking a little bit before before we jumped on here. Jalen Hurts looked legit. Um, that offense yeah, ran through him. There was there was uh, there was some questions about how good he was as a passer. I thought he made some nice passes. Um, a couple on the run, a couple into some tight windows where I thought he looked good. And the other guy from that game who stood out to me and impressed me uh, a little bit more is Trey Sermon. Uh, I know there were a lot of people that were high on him going into this. I watched him a little last year, and like I thought he was good, but like I didn't like really see it. He seemed to have an extra step. Um, he's listed at 220. He does not move like a 220 back. Now, granted, there were some wide open lanes for him to run to, through, but he did find some cutback lanes. He showed some good burst, um, so showed some good athleticism. Uh, so those were two guys that that really jumped out to me. Uh, what about you guys? Who any anything to say about them or any other guys you want to talk about? Yeah, real fast though. As we move on from South Carolina, they play five top twelve teams this year too. So they got they got a little bit harder schedule. So um, I think Trey Sermon. So the the big thing for me before that game we talked about on our podcast was. Kennedy Brooks versus Trey Sermon and what that was right. going to look like. That was its own little positional battle. And I was kind of team Trey Sermon and Andrew uh, Dwight and I talked about this in the offseason, what this was going to look like, who liked who better. Kennedy Brooks is starting to make it some names for himself or starting to gain some ground for himself. And you, I'm, I'm with you. Trey Sermon looked bigger last year, so he looked leaner. I don't know if his weight's still 220 or not, but he looked leaner. He looked a little bit more uh, in shape, and he was running really well. He was clearly the lead back. And I'm really excited for that, especially because he's generally the RB seven to nine range, something like that. Um, maybe even later than that. And that's this it's just filthy. This 2020 class is filthy. But Oklahoma as a whole is nasty. Jadon Hazelwood is is gonna compliment CD Lamb all year long. They're gonna continue to develop, I think. And uh Calcaterra, the the whole thing is just uh, Oklahoma is gonna be filthy all year long. If you play in college fantasy football. You are so happy if you have Jalen Hurts on your team. It's I think he scored sixty something points in the league that I'm in. <laughs> he scored he scored sixty nine because I was playing against him at least in my league. <laughs> there you go. Now, uh, real quick before Don't, we, you're, you're not talking about the best, you're not talking about the best name in college football that plays for Oklahoma, man. That. You're just gonna just get first, first blood Rambo. Yeah, did disrespect my man Charleston Rambo like that. Yeah, dude, that that was. That's such a great name. I, I want that jersey. So good. But uh, real quick before I move on from Hertz, do you think this is something we can expect week to week? I don't think a single receiver had over three catches. Is this something that's going to bring C.D. Lamb's stats down a little bit this year, or do you think this is just kind of game flow, game script dependent? I think there will be some element of game script here. The Big 12 defenses are not good. Um but I think that's okay. I, I, you know, running backs have proven that they don't need as much production or as crazy of a stat line to be, uh, you know, have the high capital. Maybe it's not going to be as big of a deal. There's not a NFL scout that doesn't know who CD Lamb is or what he's capable of. And you know, if they're blowing teams out by halftime, and it's not going to be the case all the time. And there's going to be some games where he's going to have to have eight, nine, ten catches, and that'll be enough to solidify his story. Um, but you know, it could be it could be a, a downgrade and all that because they're going to want to run first, right? They got three great backs. The quarterback can run. Passing is secondary right now, so you know they're probably going to take a little bit of a hit there, but he'll be all right. He still looks good. He's still a stud. He's probably wide receiver two or three. Wide receiver two. 
for the record. But Jax, what about you, man? Um, any names that, that really popped to you this weekend? So I said it before we started the podcast, and I'll just say it now. Every 2020 guy that we've been keeping our eye on over the offseason, acquiring these 2020 picks for, did exactly what they were supposed to do the first the first week of college football. They they put up stats. They solidified why this draft class is going to be one of the better draft classes we've seen in a long time. Um, wasn't surprised by any of them. Um, I do want to talk about one guy that, I mean, he's still a high first-round pick, but can, can we talk about Jonathan Taylor actually showing off some ability to pass catch this game this week? I mean, uh, yeah, out, of all, out of all things, the highest, the uh, the best, the best wide receiver on that team in week one was was Jonathan Taylor. Can we just talk about that for a second? He, he's RB two for me right now behind Swift, and he was actually I moved him up there off season um, prior to Etienne saying he's scared to catch the football, but um, he, he's he's firm there too. And Etienne, I get that he had two hundred five and three touchdowns, and ran you know his butt off but uh until he shows some of that other the receiving ability jonathan taylor is my two and i talked about the other day i'm trying not to let my love for swift uh not let me move taylor to one because it's very feasible that taylor could become rb1 so what would what would you need to see from taylor to move him into that one spot it's almost like i would need to see i need to see something or not see something from swift but you know, just like we're talking about Lamb. Carries in a career. That's about what it boils down to to me. What's that? The not not having 500 carries in a career. Yeah, <laughs> no, and it, that's that's part oh, of it, right? Right there. That's part of it. It's it's better for him, and he's you know I don't know. We've known that he can catch since his freshman year. We know that he yeah. is electric when he's a football. We know that he could do anything you ask of him, and you know to see it now from JT in his junior year, that's okay. I mean, it's okay to be RB two, right? But I. It's gonna it's gonna take some consistency there for me to jump him, I guess. I mean, it's, it's like I would rather have the RB two in this class over everybody in last year's class. I mean, RB two this year is still the best player in last year's class. So I mean, it's not like we're knocking Jonathan Taylor any. It's just, I mean, at this point we're gonna be up until the NFL draft and we see landing spots. We're gonna be splitting hairs anyway. Yep, absolutely. No doubt. A name that I was looking forward to because of another guy in this game, uh, but I, I really liked what I saw from him. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on Rashad Bateman, wide receiver Minnesota? I, I liked um, – he, he looked really good in the open field. He obviously had that ridiculous one-hand catch going down the left sideline. Um, I was looking more forward to seeing Tyler Johnson in that game, uh, but after reading a little bit on the – the Debbie watch. And if you guys don't have that resource, that's, that's an awesome resource. But uh, Rashad Bateman was a name that jumped out to me from going through that. And he, he definitely didn't disappoint. I And I said it too, and I didn't want to be the wet blanket on Rashad Bateman. He has some things in his stance and his get off and his release that I didn't like. I didn't, I didn't think it was smooth. It wasn't quick. He was wasting time there. But the one-handed catch and the silliness in the end zone, like, just took everyone over, right? It was the end of that highlight. And it's like, the you know, if you watch OBJ's one-handed catch, yeah, that's filthy. But go watch how he gets off the ball. And, like, that's that's in and of itself his own art. So Bateman did not – he looked like um, – he just looked like some dude who was a really good athlete. He said, okay, line up out there and then run that route, and I'm going to throw you that ball, and you're going to make it look silly. And he didn't look good there to me. Like, that, that was – 
whatever. That could be worked on though, right? It's not like, oh man, done deal. That's a that's a game flaw in his game. Right. I kind of want to see like how that progresses through the season goes on though, because if at the end of the season he hasn't been coached up, or if he's not being taught, or if he's not learning these things, wait till he gets some press coverage on a decent corner. Who's going to eat that up, right? Um, so I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit more reserved there. I'm not trying to be blinded by the highlight and how he overshined um, Tyler Johnson in that game. Tyler Johnson's still a good receiver. Um, I actually thought the better quarterback on their team was Zach Anikstead, who was didn't even get the start or even play at all. So that's um, that's a different story. But I'm excited. I'm, like I guess I'm going to Minnesota, Minnesota game this week against Fresno State here in town. So I'm going to watch both of them very closely. I'm watching the get offs. I'm watching the route running. I'm going to be putting a close eye on the both of them and just see what what that looks like at the end of the week because I kind of I want to see the game in full and not just the highlight reel of you know Bateman throwing down these these end zone catches. Well, it's like you said, it was a good game. I'll go and do it again. You know, so I don't want to I don't want to overanalyze a, a player based on one one flash play because you do that and you can get yourself in trouble anyway. Are you telling me there's something wrong with watching highlight reels and basing my my analysis off highlight reels? Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, um, that's about if, if I'm in any group with you, go ahead and do that, please. <laughs> I was going to say 90% of the, of, you know, I'm not going to say Twitter, 90% of the people out here are doing that. So I don't know. You wouldn't be the only one. Now, maybe you guys can slam me for this one as well. Uh, any love for chuba hubbard <laughs> i i admitted to being low on chuba coming into this season um i like the talent it wasn't that any knock on him he's got a, there's a lot of people to surpass right we were talking about, i mean we can go down the list i was lower on him than most uh ray garvin was has been singing his praises for the longest and i've been like i don't know i don't know but because i'm hearing him praise him so much I had him starred, highlighted the whole thing. I wanted to look at that and watch that game. And that was my game of the week. That was the one I was saying, everybody needs to watch this game. There's too many Debbie stars in this. And that dude is a baller. I mean, let's just put it that way. That offense is going to be lights out. Uh, Tylen Wallace is his own monster. And we could talk about that too. But yeah. Chuba, Chuba deserves some love, man. And I, that kid, I'm, so I'm going to be watching him really closely too because I want to see where he lands in my rankings now. I know he's too low in there now. If you go to my, my DHH rankings, he's too low. I could admit that, but I don't know where to put him now. So I want to see it again. I want to see what week two looks like. And then well, that really yeah, kind of furthers it. You've got so many guys in this 2020 class. I mean, you, you we can realistically see a situation where going we're going three rounds deep in rookie drafts. I mean, we're still drafting stud talent. I mean, it's just this class is so crazy talented that, I mean, I'm just I'm excited for the college football season. I'm excited to watch some of these guys. I admittedly had Chuba lower, like like McGriff said, than I probably should have based on this game. Um, I heard somebody say it once. If you liked Justice Hill, you're gonna love Chuba. Um so I'm I'm just excited to watch more of Chuba and just see see what exactly was I wasn't seeing last season and try and put the pieces together. Cody, what'd you think of him, man? I I was from the sounds of it, I was a little higher on him than than you guys were. Um, what prospect from Canada? I believe he came dropped down from up north. Uh, he was he was involved in there. He was a really good high school track athlete. I think we saw in the way that he plays. He runs hard. He can catch the ball well. Uh, 
I think just the way this offense is set up, I mean, just, no slight on Justice Hill at all. He's one of my favorites this year as far as, like, especially like a, a later round redraft guy, a guy you can get later on in your uh, your dynasty rookie drafts as well. Um, but he's bigger. I think he's set up a little bit better for that three-down roll. Um, and I think he's going to be one of those guys that we'll start seeing the the sleeper articles come out in a, in a couple months when everyone starts doing their, their rookie mock drafts. Yeah, no, and you, I think he's six one. He's like two hundred and ten pounds ish, something like that. Significantly bigger than Justice, and he yeah. can be on the field for all three downs, and he can be involved in the pass game. Um, although he didn't have any catches this week, but last year he caught a ton of football, so I'm not really worried about that. Um, I, I don't know. He runs a little bit like Rodney Anderson, less the constant knee injury. So uh, Rodney, bigger guy had those longer strides like that because he was a little bit taller. And so there was a little bit of comparison there. Um, and Ro everyone knows Rodney, when he played at Oklahoma, was filthy. So um, I, I saw some of that comp there. And I, I'm just – I'm going to continue to watch him because I, I know I'm too low. If, the, if there's a, a negative that I have to hit on him, he does run a little upright. So that would be, that would be one thing I'd like to see him work on as the, as the year goes on. Deltron, you mentioned uh, Tylon Wallace. Anything you want to you want to touch on him there? He was he was somebody who I was probably too low in going into the year. Um, I'm not sure where I would where I would move him up, but he's he's definitely going to be moving up in my ranks. Yeah, and see, I felt like I was higher on him. I was lower on Chuba, higher on him. So it's I got half of that equation right. Uh, maybe I don't know. We'll see. I think he is really good. He showed last year. Well, Oklahoma State's going to throw the ball a million times, right? They're going to have somebody who's in the Belenikov category at least. Um, yeah. I can't remember how many yards he had last year. It was like 1,400, 1,500, something silly. But he is really, really good at the intangibles and getting the football, uh, going up and getting it, not allowing it to come to him, which it seems elementary, but not everyone does it, right? Ask Hakeem Butler and a couple of these other guys. But uh, he's really good at late hands, but like when he attacks the football, it's like almost – and art, how he decides to go get the football, how he's setting up DBs. And then what I really love was how he was catching the football in stride and not slowing down to go catch the football, not going up to jump at the stop and then pick it back up. The way he was running his routes, and maybe it was some quarterback play too, really, really fluid and slick and smooth with catching and running and simultaneous. And I know this sounds silly, but that dude is a football player, man, and he's really good at playing receiver. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. I felt like five catches – will be a low if we go back at the end of the year and watch, you know, look at his game log. He'll probably have more like seven, eight, some 10, 11, 12 catch games. I think five will be on the low side, um, but I won't be surprised to see multiple touchdowns week to week. I think fluid is the, the perfect word there. Go ahead, Majex. Um, if we can go to a different school, there is one guy that I want to talk about, make sure we hit on before we move on, and that's – um, Utah's Zach Moss. Um, credit yeah. to Zach Powell yeah. for turning me on to this guy. I had no idea who he was up until last offseason and started watching some highlights of him. Um, I think it was PFF. Um, if I'm not, if I'm wrong, you tweet at me and call me an idiot, whatever. Um, I think it was PFF who had him as the top rated running back, number one running back in week run. He ran for, um, 29 carries for 187 yards. It's good for a 6.4 yards per attempt with one touchdown also added two catches for seven yards 
I know when I every time I turn on and watch Zach Moss highlights, I see a, a shifty back, powerful back. I mean, capable of three down workload. He just he's everything that I want to see in a running back. And I mean, where he's going right now, he's he's not even he's hardly even talked about right now in the Debbie community. And I think that's just that's a shame in and of itself. I mean, I think the more we see the season go on, the more people are going to start talking about Zach Moss. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of counter you here because I. I don't see it all the way. I'm not completely sold there. I like where you can get him where his value's at now, but I'm not buying into – he reminds me of um, – remember last year right after the combine and Alex Barnes was like shooting up some people's boards. They're like, man, this guy, big. he's this, he's that. He's a top five oh, wow. running back. Do you guys remember this? I mean, I'm, on, I'm not losing my mind, right? And there was talking about like he should be a top ten and then this and that. And it was like – but was he that good? Like, go back and watch I it. I think, it. no, I didn't get it either. But I feel like Zach Moss will tell a similar story, except for his. I don't think his combine will be nearly as good as this. I actually think he'll be disappointing in the combine, and therefore his stock will drop a little bit in the offseason. I think at best he's a two down guy in the NFL, and I don't know. I, there's just too many other dudes. I think he's going to drop like Elijah Holyfield style, like drop, 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 maybe be undrafted free Ooh. agent, if not like a day three thing. And exactly. I don't know about that. When I, when I watch him, he's not he's not the flashy, do one thing really well guy that we see. Just just stud and like DeAndre Swift, ETN, Jonathan Taylor. Like he's he's not that guy, but at the same time, he just he's a good football player. He just he does what you want to see in a running back for me. And I could be wrong, but I just I if I'm if I'm drafting guys, he feels like that safe floor, just good football player type of guy. And I will I say too, like I had I had him low and I, I'm I'm not a big fan, but he had a great performance week one. So I'm I'm not disregarding that. I'm not gonna say like nah, I'm not I'm not gonna look at it. I'm noting it and I'm gonna watch him moving forward. I wanna see if I'm right, wrong, whatever. Uh, but I am going to check myself there. Like I'm, he, he looked, he looked okay. He looked better than what I thought he was going to compared to last year, anyway. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying he's trash by any means. I just am not there yet. I'm not saying that he he couldn't change my mind throughout the year, though. I think with him, he needs to go. He probably would be a best fit for a power scheme. I think he struggles to to get outside. He's not a he's not going to go sideline to sideline. He needs to have the whole get north-south quick. I think he did show a little bit more wiggle than I was expecting. Um, Jax, you you talked about he caught a couple of balls. Um, he's just going to be one of those guys that if he falls to the to the right scheme and he has a good offensive line with him, he'll be someone that would that would end up rising up my my ranks. I mean, I liked what I saw from that first game. Um, then, then the other thing with him is just injuries, right? He he was uh, he was banged up a bunch. So any yeah, uh, I don't, yeah I don't know about injuries last yeah, year. Sorry, I wasn't. Right. I don't have that game logged up. No, it's all good. Any uh, any other names that you guys? Right. Any other names you guys want to throw up before we move on? Good, I, I mean, bad, I, different. Yeah, I thought T Higgins um, reminded everyone while he was why he was really good and why you know yeah. Justin Justin Ross is better than him for sure. I'm 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 not gonna try and say that. T Higgins isn't that far behind. And if you can get T Higgins in the second round of your rookie drafts, that's going to be filthy. Um, he's a good receiver, really good receiver. Um, I, 
he's good. He's going to get kind of pushed down the, the the boards, right? We're just talking about this with all these running backs with all these other studs. That's going to be somebody you're going to land in the second round of your rookie drafts, tail end of it, middle tail end of it, and you're like, man, I can't believe I got this dude here. It's going to be one of those kind of situations. So he he reminded everyone why he's really good. I'm just trying to think of who some of the other standouts were, man. Um, obviously, Etienne had a great week. Um, J.K. Dobbins, not so much. I, he had that one crazy stiff arm. I thought Cam Makers, <laughs> Cam Makers looks good. He's a great talent. I just feel terrible for him. That team is so yeah. bad. Um, most of the studs came out and played, man, and that's just kind of what you were hoping for. Most of those, you know, week one thing, week one gets weird because it's almost like their preseason game in a sense. You got to get some of those out. You've been banging heads with your teammates for so long. There's a big difference between week one and week two, even if the competition stays the same. But these guys, that's the biggest tale for me. So I'm really excited for week two college football. Yeah, man, absolutely. So we, we did a little look. I'm trying to remember, too. There's there's a few guys. I'm just going to, I guess, round robin if I can get even my stuff to work. I had a bunch of names that I want to talk about now. None of my equipment's working the way it should. Um, and that's, and what you get for, that's what you get for coming onto my podcast and dissing my usage of Orifice. Sorry for dropping stats on your podcast. <laughs> you, you, have, you have garbage coming out of your Orifice right now, Majax. <laughs> I mean, that, it's your fault for using the word Orifice. I mean, I just uh, – no, just a few guys that I kind of wanted to round robin it style. Uh, Max Borgie, 10 carries for 128 yards and a touchdown. For his size, I didn't I, I didn't think he had that kind of game in him. But he's one guy I'm, I'm kind of watching. I'm watching Antonio Gandy-Golden out of Liberty. He had a really good game um, at, against Syracuse. Um, just Vanderbilt, I'm watching – Keyshawn Vaughn, I like I like the stats he put up against Georgia. Um, just a few guys to keep an eye out on this this season and see where we're at with them. Yeah, good. I think uh, Borgie. Yeah, no Borgie. Borgie last year was a receiving monster too, right? Even with uh, Booby Williams there, and everyone was kind of slating him to be that guy, but he did it all on the ground this week. That offense is filthy, anyways, right? You got to love a Mike Leach offense. Um, the other one too, Kylan Hill, running back Mississippi State. Yeah, he had a pretty good game, and he runs really hard. But I'm afraid his hard running is his best attribute. He although although that was my, that was kind of my take last year. He looked better this weekend than he did last year. So it looks like he's made some strides. He's stepped forward. Um, but that kid runs. He he's a lot like John Kelly from college. And John Kelly at Tennessee was filthy. I don't know if you guys remember. And then Jerry never, Judy. Never forget. Yeah, man. Jerry Judy was Jerry Judy. Uh, nothing nothing to, to talk about there, but uh, Rondell Moore, filthy. Yep. LaVisca Chenault, healthy. Love that. Um, yeah, I don't know, man, there's some there's some good names out there this week, and I don't know, man. Here we go. I will give you one guy that kind of did disappoint me a little bit, and maybe I've gotten spoiled with Penn State's running back the last two years. So I, I might be looking at it through a biased lens, through Saquon Barkley. And uh, what's his face? Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, thank you. God, that was bad. Anyway, and j just for me, though, like with Penn State dropping 79 points yeah. against, against Idaho, like I don't understand how with that many points being scored, Ricky Slade comes out of the game with five carries for nine yards and a touchdown. I just that, – that was a game that, – that was a guy that just disappointed me a little bit. For, for week one, I, I expected a little more out of him. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, I mean, looks like 
behind him though, Penn State's going to be set up with with some more filthy running backs. Uh, Noah Kane and Devin Ford behind Ricky Slade. So some good names there. Some good names to look out for. As we took a look back on Week One of college, we're going to now move ahead and look at Week One of the NFL. Guys, we have a, we have an NFL game in two nights, man. Two nights from now, we're all going to be bitching and be happy at all of our different teams. Uh, I want to run through real quick, just give you guys the games that are coming up, and then we'll just talk about some players, some games, some situations that we're looking forward to seeing how they shake out. So Thursday, we got Packers at Bears to open up the season, uh, Rams at Panthers, Skins at Eagles, Bills at Jets, Falcons at Vikings, Ravens at Dolphins, Chiefs at Jags, Titans at Browns, Colts at Chargers, Bengals at Seahawks, Niners at Buccaneers, Giants at Cowboys, Lions at Cards, Steelers at Patriots will be the night game on Sunday. And then, uh, like we have uh, all years, the doubleheader on Monday night. First one up, Texans at Saints, and then the one that yours truly – I guess not yours truly. It's not the word I'm looking at the phrase, but the uh, the other guy, the swole one on this podcast, uh, Broncos at Raiders for the night game. Um, guys, throw out some some players you're looking for, uh, some situations you're looking to see how they shake out. Um, I mean, like we said before, I'm looking to see what the timeshare for Kansas City looks like. Um, that's one game I'm keeping an eye on. Um, from From less of a player standpoint and more of a just new system and scheme standpoint. I'm interested to see the Buccaneers game with the, with Bruce Arians at the helm this year. I'm interested to see if they've gotten any better. And fantasy-wise, I guess I'm looking at Chris Godwin, if he's worthy of the hype he's been garnishing all offseason or if he's <laughs> if he's just another another guy that a lot of people, including myself, probably invested a little too much in. Um I guess from a fantasy standpoint, Monday night Texans at Saints is probably the most attractive game. I mean, you got you got some of your first round studs in that game. You got Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Michael Thomas. So I mean, that's probably the most appealing fantasy wise. And then just I'm just looking forward to Thursday night. I've got several Devontae Adams shares, so that's about the only guy I have in that game aside from Aaron Jones and maybe Trubisky in one or two leagues. But that's I, I just like watching the Bears and Packers play each other. They always play each other pretty hard, so that'll just be a fun game to watch in and of itself. I think there's some good matchups, man. There's some there's some that I really like on here. I like uh, um, let's just see. I, I mean, I like New York at Dallas, and I know New York is New York, but I like that game coming out the gate. I like Pittsburgh Sunday night Pittsburgh at New England. That man, that's perfect. That's a perfect Week One Sunday night game. Love that. Um, I like both Monday night games like uh, Matt was talking about. But even like Buffalo at New York, New York Jets, I'm interested in that one, man. I want to see if Darnold's stepping up. I want to see if Darnold's making this year two jump that a lot of people were saying he's going to do. Um, Falcons at Minnesota, I like that one a lot, man. There could be a lot of points scored in that game. Yeah. Uh, in that dome. Uh, man, just some good ones. India at Los Angeles, man. Los Angeles Chargers defense. Brissett with his first start, uh, now as a lead, you know, lead dude in that in that offense. What Rams does do? that one? Huh? Said so Rams Panthers. I'm gonna say that one. That'll be a good one too. Yeah, man, there's some good ones. So I man, I'm so happy football's back. I bet my wife is gonna be so pissed. Like, here we go. <laughs> starting <laughs> starting Thursday, I'm useless to like Monday afternoon. But man, this is great. 
Yeah, with Majax, um, you just brought it up a little bit. Rams, Panthers, uh, looking forward to see how Cam is. Um, the the two darlings that have been hyped with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, I'm really excited to see how they look. McCaffrey, we obviously know what he can do. Really excited to see, or really interested, rather, the split that we get with Todd Gurley. Is it going to be 60%? Does he get more? Does he get less? How do, how do Henderson and Malcolm Brown split the work behind Gurley? I mean, I think that'll be a, a really key storyline for, for a lot of people's fantasy teams as we go forward. I do not go by, man. I don't I understand injuries and everything, and Todd Gurley's been the guy that probably slipped the most when it comes to fantasy value. But I just Todd Gurley's still Todd Gurley, and I may be wrong, but I just I don't see him in a timeshare. I mean, you're not going to timeshare Todd Gurley regardless of the situation. I mean, he's still going to go out there and he's still going to be your stud RB1. But you don't you don't think they even try and decrease his workload at the end of the year? We saw what happened in the playoffs. We had McVay telling us every week that he thinks Todd's going to be ready to go, and then he was absent. So do you think that this is just RB1 full workload the whole year? No, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say full workload, but I wouldn't say 60-40 either. I mean, maybe – 80 20 at worst. Like, I just, I mean, I, w- I could see them reducing his care- his workload enough that he's still got some fresh legs come playoff time. But I still, I still think they're not, they're not going to give him, they're not, not going to give him workload carries. I mean, maybe an 80 20 time split, but I don't really see anything worse than that. Did he, even, did he even see 80% of the carries last year? I mean, uh, uh, the snap count last year? I feel like you saw less than, less than that last year. Yeah, I don't. I don't have that stat on hand. I'm not really sure to be honest with you. I, that, I mean, I, if if I'm the Rams, honestly, I'm almost going into it like what Georgia does, and I don't want to. I, I don't want to wear Gurley out to the point where he's not usable at the tail end of the season. Henderson will be fine. Gurley doesn't need like that. Uh, the Derrick Henry type deal where he needs 20 ca- carries to finally get rolling, or how AP was, you know, for a long time. He needed 20, 25, and the next thing you know, he's busting off 80 yard runs. Gurley doesn't need that. So I, I kind of hope for his own sake, for the, the way that the team works moving forward, that they don't have to give him that. I'd like to see him at like 15 to 18 touches a week, Henderson with five-ish and Malcolm Brown with like five-ish, something like hey, that. He's still putting up RB1's numbers with that, kind of, with that kind of workload anyway. Yeah, and that's great, and I'm good with that. And I, I would rather him do that and be middle to low in RB1 for the entire year, then for them to just run him in the ground. I, it just would seem silly to do that. I, I hope that they don't, just for Todd Gurley's sake. It's probably just my bias talking. I've got Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott on my Scott Fishbowl team, so I really need Todd Gurley to be Todd Gurley. <laughs> Humble brag, man. How about that? <laughs> He's just trying to will it into the universe. I mean, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already dead set on not having Ezekiel Elliott the entire season. So, <laughs> No, he's signing tomorrow. He'll sign tomorrow. I'm You think you think that's coming? Yeah, no, I, for sure. I, I think I, I'm almost certain that they're signing tomorrow. They wanted him in practice tomorrow. I don't know if it's getting done first thing in the morning. I think that thing is signed, sealed. I think Jerry. I don't think Jerry wants to go into this week with Tony Pollard and Alfred Morris. Um, he's too arrogant, too proud, too all those things. He wants to go out there. And they're talking about now it's just how it's structured, not the money. Oh, the oh, money's oh, good. Oh, I heard it's not a money issue. It's a structure. Yeah, money's good. I think it's how it's guaranteed. And they're saying it's 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 
through 2026, which seems crazy, but whatever. And it's probably because they got most of the money on the back end or whatever. So they're going to have to reorganize how that looks. But I am I'm, I'm feel good that he's going to be signed tomorrow. I guess that was the first thing I noticed. I mean, what was it, a six- or seven-year deal they were talking about? Yeah. With the workload, the, with the workload that's he, that he's gotten, are you going to sign him into a seven-year contract when, at the running back position? <laughs> yeah, that's wild. So real quick, just to go back to, to Gurley, um, obviously he missed a couple of the games. He had 75% of the snaps. Um, let me see, 69% of their carries, 67.4% of their yards, and he had almost a 15% target share. So, I mean, like you guys are saying, even if even if that, that does get knocked down, he can still put up RB1 numbers on 60, 65, 70% of the carries. So, it's why they drafted Henderson, right? I mean, they want to relieve him a little bit. Whether they're saying that or not, whether they were, you know, smoke and mirrors that thing or not, you don't take that running back there if you don't, you know, if you don't see a need or trying to relieve your, you know, a well, not golf sign, their franchise player, but one of the best backs in the league. Help him out a little bit. Do, you know, do him a little bit of a favor. Relieve him a little bit. So an, another game I'm I'm looking at, Chiefs at Jags. I'm, I'm excited to see, obviously, if we can continue the greatness of Pat Mahomes. Everybody has been screaming regression this whole offseason. I mean, he's regressing from 50 touchdowns, though, so what does that, what does that really mean? Uh, they made some key additions on defense, and then over on the Jaguars' side, uh, obviously got Big Dick Nick, got him in there. You said that wrong. It's the greatness of Nick Foles, not the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. We were on the same page. I was going to say the same thing. I guess I'm outvoted again on my own podcast. This is uh, I never thought by the mats. I never thought I would say that I miss Frank, but right now I miss Frank. Um, <laughs> and then the Jags uh, want to see if that defense can rebound. See who the wide receiver one ends up being. Like right now, everybody's talking about D.D. Westbrook. Does that stay the the case throughout the year? Do one of the other guys jump up? I really like Chris Conley as a deep guy in both dynasty and redraft um, redraft. You don't even have to worry about him. He'll be a, he'll be a waiver wire guy if he pops. Um, and then Leonard Fournette, can he stay healthy? How involved in the past game is he? If he's one of those guys along with Dalvin cook, that if they both stay healthy, there's no reason why both of them couldn't be in top five, top six finish at the end of the year. I just, I see Leonard Fournette as, the guy, when it's all said and done, that we're sitting here talking about what could have been. I mean, I, I want, I want more than anything for him to have a healthy season and put up sixteen games and be the kind of running back that we know he can be. But I just, I feel like he's going to be that one back that we just talk about what, what could have been in his career. I will, yeah. uh, I will. I'm on your team, Cody, with uh, team Chris Conley. Man, I, I like him a lot. I hope that he emerges. I think. I saw something the other day. They were saying him lining up against um, – they were showing, like, all the, the week one matchups, and they were talking about him, his matchup instead of Didi's matchup. And, you know, I think people are starting to catch on a little bit, but it's just so hard. They have so many talented receivers, uh, a lot of big guys. You know, even getting Keelan Doss that just went over there from the Raiders, he's kind of like that same mold. There's just so many guys that you're like, man, who could I ever bet on week to week? But when you do hit that one, it might be pretty good. I think, obviously, Foles is going to be more capable than what they've been shuffling around there the past couple of years. Um, but I like Fournette a lot. I, I hope that he can keep it together. But same thing. you got Now you got Ozigbo and Armstead. 
let those dudes give him some relief, man. Let you know, don't give him eighty percent of the touches, seventy, maybe sixty-five. Right? I, let's try and keep him healthy for a little bit. Let the the offense kind of move the ball. Let the defense do its thing. Um, but yeah, what's a, what Pat, what's a Pat Mahomes regression? Are we talking forty-two to forty-five touchdowns? Like, yeah, that right. would suck. <laughs> a Pat Mahomes regression still QB one. He is. <laughs> I'm so excited. I, I'm I, that makes it fun too. Like I'm just ready to see what this what what he can turn out again this year. He's obviously got a, a wide receiver core full of speedsters. The the backfield is is what it is. They're just going to be he he's going to they'll be a byproduct of what he's doing with that passing game and um and that'd be a good one, man. That'd be a good game. So it's so predict prediction time. Browns versus Titans are is the Browns offense. Do they live up to the hype that 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 has been all offseason, or or do we get to week one and we're a little disappointed? What do you guys think? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see them start out a little bit slow. It's funny you brought this game up, uh, Matt. I was just about to talk about this one. I was going to go a little fuego on here, and in, uh, in honor of our of our friend who couldn't be here, um, Nick Chubb finishes the week as running back number one. I See, I, I was going to talk about Nick Chubb and where he is because Titans defense is not bad. Um, and I'm afraid – well, not afraid. If you are if you want a chance to buy Chubb, I think maybe you might be able to do it after week one just as that offense is trying to find its, its, you know, its route, its, its right. line. Maybe it's not the greatest game for the, the Browns because what well, is in – it's in Cleveland, right? Yeah, it's in Cleveland. Never mind. I was thinking it was in Tennessee, but Tennessee's defense is all right. They're they're above average, so I'm wondering if that'll slow it down a little bit. But if Nick Chubb is RB one on the season, I will kiss you on the face, Cody. I'm pumped for Nick Chubb, dude. I hope he just blows the league up this year. Have Baker and Odell been able to work out at all this offseason? I just I know just injury. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. Has he played in any preseason games? I just I haven't been paying attention. I haven't seen it. In practice, I've seen him selling, but. Yeah, I'm, I don't think he's played any of the preseason games. Uh, then he had, what, like that hip issue, I think, pop up. Um, but, I mean, we saw a couple of the clips during training camps and whatnot. Yeah, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if they start off a little bit slow. There are some questions along the offensive line. Um, but I think this will be one of those things that after, you know I mean, two or three weeks, they'll hit their stride. They're going to be aggressive. I don't think there's any reason to – to really worry about any of the the players there, someone another kind of deeper dynasty and redraft name I'll throw out too. I really like Rashard Higgins. Is that wide receiver three? Absolutely love it. We're on the <laughs> same page again, man. You know what's so funny? So I was doing, I was looking at Colorado State the other day. Colorado State in the past couple of years has put yeah, out dude. Rashad Higgins, Rashad Higgins, Michael Gallup, Preston Williams, another kid they got there now, Warren Jackson, who I, I wrote on Twitter this morning. I think he's going to go for 1,200 yards this year. 6'5", 218, dude, is good with the football. They've been pumping out receivers. It's kind of weird, but um, <laughs> I think Higgins could be your DFS player this week, man, really, because he has been gelling so well with uh, – with, um, I forget his name, Baker Mayfield. Um <laughs> You know, and with with the lack of time with Odell and all that, and we know Jarvis isn't going to be putting up some monster numbers, but Higgins could be the play this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jacks brought it up about the the time between Mayfield and Odell. Uh, Higgins has shown that chemistry even going back to last year. So I I like that call, man. And let's uh, if 
But Jax, do you play DFS at all? Uh, play a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody I really like for this week, and somebody I think that we should all be trying to get in our lineups before his price spikes. Carry on Johnson on the road against against the Cardinals. That offensive line versus that defensive line. That D line didn't look good against the Raiders. Um, I think the the offensive line and just the way that they want to run that offense with Bevel being there with Matt Patricia being the turd that he is. Um, Carry on Johnson is. I don't know, maybe like fifty nine hundred. I want to say I'll have to look that up on uh, on DK. But he's somebody who I would be locking. I will be locking into all of my lineups for sure. You guys have any any strong opinions on carry on? Just in general, I I don't know. I I feel like there's like the people who are saying carry on's top five. There's the people who are saying he's outside the top twenty. I, he's somewhere in the middle for me, and I don't know what it is yet. I don't know if I trust the Lions. I was almost looking at that game as potentially one of the higher-scoring ones of the week, uh, and I haven't looked at any Vegas Lions or anything like that, but just knowing how Detroit operates, knowing how Arizona wants to operate, and knowing where those defenses have been, that could be one of the highest-scoring games of the week. So I'm I'm in on that, but I don't know if that's just a shootout. I don't know if this is you know, uh, Baby Tron and Marvin Jones and whatever one of the Arizona receivers you want to throw your dart at. Um, I don't know. I, I want to like carry on. I'm just not I, Detroit. I, I can't buy in on them. I don't know why, man. I, Stafford's really the only one I want. It's as my quarterback three or something like that. You know what I mean? If you want to talk about the, uh, being the driver of the Joe Mixon bandwagon, I've been the driver of the carry on Johnson bandwagon <laughs> since he was, before, since before his rookie season, since we were still scouting guys coming into the rookie year, sell me um, on it. I love everything about Carryon Johnson. Um, that team is committed to being a running team. They've said it. I've seen it last year. Um, I just and and for the, for that team to be committed to being a running team, you've got a guy that can do every bit of the three down three down workhorse back he, he can catch the ball he runs the ball well he's a complete back he's on a team that's committed to give him uh, a ton of carries they've just gotten rid of theo riddick you know a while ago all of a sudden they're not he's not coming off the field or i mean he still may but he's not competing with theo riddick for third down carries he's getting the workload and i just for for his price or what his price was his price has jumped up a little now for what his price was you were getting a steal for production versus price um, he's going to be a little harder to sell now just based on, like you said, guys selling him top five running back. I don't see top five running back. I'm not, I'm not going to be that crazy. But at the same time, I can I can easily see a, a path where he's high-end high end RB2, um, RB2 value. So, I mean, I, I love everything about Karrion Johnson. Um, so I am all aboard that bandwagon. Griff, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I feel the same. There, there's just something about them that I can't fully buy in on, and I'm somewhere in the middle, too. There are people out there that just love him. Like you said, top five talk, and there's people on, on the other side. I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, but on DraftKings, he's going right behind uh, Dalvin Cook at 6K. Derrick Henry is at 5'9". Then you have Carry on at 5'8". And then he's right above uh, Chris Carson, Marlon Mack, and... Uh, Austin Eckler. Those are the guys who are who are coming in after him. 
See, I'd almost think Carson at Cincinnati or in Seattle against Cincinnati would be the better play. Who was the last name you said, Cody? Uh, Marlon Mack at five point six, Austin Eckler at five five, and then you have you also have Devonta Freeman down at five point three. There's this is the thing that's always so much fun about Week One DFS is like the the prices and the values are all over the place. You're overthinking everything. There's so many plays you can you can talk yourself into. Yeah. No, and then you know what the other one, uh, and this is this is for Mister Frank himself. You know which game I think maybe the highest scoring of the week, and it could involve Frank's quarterback one, and that is San Francisco at Tampa Bay. Um, you know, and Majak's was kind of hitting on it, man. What what is Tampa going to do if if they are at all what we're thinking they are, and if they are having two receivers finish in the top fifteen, and if OJ Howard is tight end four, and all these things, I think. If, if that's all the case, then Jameis Winston is the cheapest top five quarterback that you could buy at this point in time because they're not going to be able to have <laughs> Evans in the top eight, Godwin in the top 15, and OJ in the top five with him not being a top five, six quarterback. And they could just yep. be lighting up the scoreboard. I kind of feel like they're going to be KC light of 2018. And I'm not saying Jameis is um, Pat Mahomes or any of that. Jameis is still going to make boneheaded mistakes. But they're going to throw 35 to 40 times a game. I mean, what's their ground game look like? I mean, if anything, it's, uh, the, you know, the new kid, Dare, whatever, who's going to be catching five, six, seven footballs or whatever. So I just think if we're talking cheap quarterbacks, you know, who could really just be tearing up this league at the end of the year. And it almost reminds me, remember when Blake Bortles finished as like quarterback five, like three years ago, and it was the grossest thing ever, but it was at the same time. It just, <laughs> that's what it was. I almost feel like Jameis has to be that. Um, and then San Francisco's offense, um, and we talked about the receivers, but Kittle is still Kittle. Um, they're going to have their running backs out of the backfield, which was funny. We didn't talk about, but Breed is listed as the number one. Breed is listed as the starter over Tevin right now on the Niners depth chart, which is kind of weird, but I get it. And, I don't know. I love Tevin too, so that hurts my feelings. But um, they're both going to catch a bunch of football. So that game could be a shootout. Um, it could be kind of Big 12-ish. You know what I mean? I know we were hitting on that earlier in the college segment, but that game could be a, a high-scoring all over the place, and we could have two 320-yard passers at the end of that game. Well, you hit, a, you hit a good point right there. I mean, if Jameis Winston has all these weapons, they're going to finish inside the top 12. Um one, one guy that I do want to head on is, is Jimmy G. He's seen his stock dive over the last few weeks just based on interceptions thrown in, thrown in camp and stuff like that. But, I can, I mean, like you said, I can realistically realistically see a situation where that game's a shootout. I mean, Tampa Bay and, and all the stud offensive guys they have, do they – I mean, do they even have a secondary? I mean, they're still – I still see them getting torched secondary-wise every single week. So, if, if James Winston is going to be the quarterback and he's going to have the weapons that everybody says he's going to have, that game's going to be a shootout, and Jimmy G is going to put up just as good stats as Jameis Winston's going going to. I mean, what, what's he going in, in DFS right now? He's got to be he's got to be down there. I'll check that in a second. But uh, Kamish was talking about the over unders for that 49ers Buccaneers game, and I'm looking on uh, FanDuel since they just opened up their sports book and and PA. I've been I've been using that. Uh, it's like the third or fourth highest. That game is at 50 and a half. Um, also, the Steelers Patriots game is at 50 and a half. 
Uh, Houston, New Orleans is at 52 and a half. And then we have uh, Casey Jacksonville is actually sitting at 51 and a half. And then uh, Rams and Panthers is at 50. So those are the, those are the high over-unders on the week. And the, and the Chiefs Jags ones because they expect the Chiefs to score forty five points and uh, <laughs> and the Jags to score seven or whatever that was. No, uh, yeah, no, it makes sense. Winston, I, I just think. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say on DraftKings, Winston is actually the third highest quarterback. Yeah, so I guess everybody's already on that train. Never mind. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Pat Mahomes, Andrew Luck, poor one out. Um, and then Winston at three. You know what the they sad part about that is, though? Somebody's going to put Andrew Luck into a lineup. They need an <laughs> update, man. What's happening? Somebody, somebody's going to do it. <laughs> and then uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is sandwiched at 5.8K between Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. Yeah, see, they're all over this one. They, I think they everyone believes that this is going to be a high-scoring game. That's that's a that's a good call though. I think I think we have to bet the over on that. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, even if that's uh, what like a thirty-three to twenty-one kind of game, I mean that's that's going over at that point. I mean, I, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me to see both of those teams score four touchdowns each. You know, I mean, just with with how bad the the defenses are going to be, that's just going to be a Good old back and forth gun slinging action. Yeah, especially week one. Defenses are still trying to figure out who they're doing the pointing at each other like that was your guy. We were in, you know, whatever. They'll be playing that out for the first half of the game for sure. And then the 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 disapp- I guess not disappointing, but just like going through all these uh over unders, and then you just look at Baltimore and Miami, and that one is sitting at thirty seven and a half. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Somebody was talking about Lamar Jackson in a six-point passing touchdown leagues, and I'm like, ah, oh, that kind of sucks, man. Because what do you expect? Like eight passing touchdown a week? You know what I mean? I don't know. You can't really expect more than that. Yeah, and the the Ravens are actually seven-point road favorites. Yikes! That is tank for two. Tank for two in full effect. Week one. <laughs> Any uh, any other games you guys want to touch on here before we move on to the final final thing of the night? If Carr goes out and throws Antonio Brown, you know, leaves week one, Monday night football, nine catches, 135 yards, two touchdowns, something silly like that week one, does the whole world then like turn upside down and memory goes like, oh, yeah, I forgot how good Antonio Brown was. You know what I mean? I feel like it's just set up. Like the spotlight is going to be there and it's like everybody – Twitter Monday, Twitter Tuesday morning, I'd be like, where do we put AB in our dynasty rankings now, man? He's really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nothing's ever changed. I don't know. I it just, I'm waiting for him just to to blow up all the helmet stuff and all whatever else, and just go play football again. So here's a here's a fun fact for you. Ready? Going back to that Baltimore Baltimore Dolphins game, you know we've all we've seen the talk that Lamar Jackson's not going to be passing quarterback and he's not going to run the ball as much anymore. I don't quite buy that. Here's a fun fact for you. Ready? Lamar Jackson averaged 79 yards rushing a game from weeks 11 to 17. Had he done that for all 16 weeks, he had finished the year with 1,264 rushing yards. Would have been number three last year. 
there's a fun fact for you. I, I, love, I mean, look, if he can stay healthy, he's also doing that. If he's healthy and does what he's supposed to do right now, he's going to finish in the top 12, right? I mean, it's just kind of how the, that scenario has to go. I don't know. I mean, who knows what or how our defense is going to switch it up. I mean, if that's the sole deal, are they going to make Miles Boykin and, and Marquise Brown beat them? I don't know. I, I, well, I'm curious to see how this unfolds as time goes on. But I think Lamar Jackson has all the ability to score a million fantasy points this year. And that's all you really want. Give credit where credit due. Shout out to Doug on that tweet, too. <laughs> I want to make sure I give credit where it's due. The, yeah, the I mean, Godfather, I, Doug? Nah, Doug, fantasy... Doug Fall. The other Doug. The other Doug. I forget what his Twitter handle is. I mean, I'm I'm buying into Lamar Jackson taking that. I mean, I don't th- he's never going to be a great passer. But, I mean, he came in the middle of the year after the, they had one week to try and build that offense around him going from Flacco. I think he does take a step forward. And he, even if it's only a small step, um, and I, I think it'll be better if his rushing is pulled back a little bit. But even if that's a small step, we're still looking at a fantasy QB one. And um, I mean, in in redrafts anyway, he's probably tw- around like twentieth or so being taken. I'm not sure where he's being taken in startups for for dynasty right now. But redrafts, he was one of my my late round targets. And if he if he sucks for redraft, I'll just drop him and pick up somebody like Kirk Cousins is going undrafted and in redraft so i mean it, at that point you're really not moving losing much but i i am buying into the uh the year two jump for lamar so same game what's the over under of how many games it takes for Fitzmagic magic to throw four interceptions and get pulled and it's rosen time half that <laughs> i would i would set the over under on that at the second quarter it depends, man. What's their mo? If they want to just be blowing this whole season, then they may let them chalk, you know, chuck those ducks up. You know, you know the game's coming. We don't know when it's coming, but we know it's coming. Sooner or later, that that four pick game is going to hit, and then, well, I guess we'll see what Rosen has. See if that becomes a, a Tampa Bay situation again from from last year. See if that follows him into Miami. All right, guys, last thing we're going to do tonight, the random draft of the week. I'm going to give Griff the 101. Not not sure if you guys saw it in the show sheet or not, so I'll just talk a little bit here. We are going to go burger toppings. So we're going to go one to three. Majax, you will be two. I'll be at the three spot. We'll go three rounds here. We're going to pick the best burger toppings, and that'll be the uh, the random draft for this week. So, Griff, you got the 101. What is your 101 of burger toppings? So let's get some clarifications out of the way here. Is cheese considered a topping, or is that just part of the burger? Are we starting with the cheeseburger, or are we starting with the hamburger patty, and then we're adding toppings from it's there? important question. It is an important yeah, question, a- and we're, we're, we're starting patty. I, I don't want to be insensitive to okay. the lactose-tolerant crowd that, you know, that we might have. So we, we will just start with a nice – let's let's start here. Grilled or just – it has to be grilled, right? Yeah. Well, that's not a question. It's got to be grilled. No. Okay. All right, so we are starting with a plain grilled hamburger patty. Maybe we're doing some 80-20. Maybe we're doing some 75-25, whatever you guys want to do. Um, so it's just the patty. It's not buns or anything like that. I mean the bun – yeah, you gotta have a bun to consider. I'm overanalyzing this a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. 
one on one. Let's kick this off. Simple. If anybody says otherwise, at me. It is cheese, and I don't care what kind you want, man. Multiple different types: cheddar, sharp, pepper jack, Swiss, <laughs> provolone. All those cheese is the first and foremost. And if you don't have cheese, you probably shouldn't make burgers. I'm just gonna start there. So cheese is the 101. Period. Jacks 102. What you got? So my man Deltron there made a critical error. While cheese is a very important topping, you can't forget a few strips of bacon. Bacon is mm. bacon's the the way to every man's heart. <laughs> um, so I don't I don't know how. Bacon slips any further than 101, and I'm definitely not letting it slip further than 102. The only reason I didn't go 101 is because you got to go cheese first, then bacon on top of the cheese. That's just the, the order. So you got to you got you can't get the cart before the horse, man. Got to got to respect the uh, the laying order. So at 103, I got two picks here. I'm super happy this one fell to me because this would be my 101. To be honest, a nice over medium egg. Not fried, not dippy. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want that dripping out all over the place. Just just a slight drip from the egg. The over medium would be my 101. Uh, at, uh, so that, that was my 103 pick. At 201, I'm going to go onion. Just plain and simple. I'm sure it's going to get a lot of hate, a lot of kickback, but the onion is, is bringing the flavor. But Jax, 202, what you got? 202, I'm going to have to go with... Um, my favorite, favorite burger requires a, uh, this favorite topping. Um, if I'm picking a burger, if I'm going out to a restaurant, taking a burger anywhere, I'm always going backyard burger. So for me, um, to, to make a good burger, you've got to have some good barbecue sauce to pair with it. But I think that's, that, that, that's the key. That's the key to a good burger along with, along with all the other stuff we're talking about. I will say the assembly of what we have going on right here sounds delicious. It's just all compiled together. All yeah. that, put all that together in a one burger, and I'm straight, man. I'll eat that all day long. Uh, sure. I'm, I'm up, right, with the 203? Yep. Okay, back so back. I'm, I'm going to keep it California, man. And, and it doesn't go with barbecue sauce per se, but definitely with the bacon side of things. And out here, we like to put avocado in our burgers. Mm. And California avocados, man, it, it's just good. It's fresh. You get that with the, the melted cheese, the bacon, perfect little combo. So I will add avocado to my burger for sure. You got another one, Griff? Where you oh, go? back to me, back to me. And then, man, so let's see, man. I, I mean, we need to hit on some of these regular, the regular produce that help make a burger. So you already hit onions. So I will say... Uh, see, that's boring. We're going to be, I'm going to say, give me some, give me some sauteed onion, um, mushrooms, man. Some mushrooms and a Swiss. So the Swiss was my first layer of the cheese. Sauteed mushrooms are going that burger. Done deal. See, now we're getting to the point of uh, most rookie drafts where, you know, you've gotten, you've gotten your studs in the first and second round. <laughs> You're picking some slim pickings now. You got in the third round. So we got to, he's got to go high upside. You got to go high upside here. Um, so for me, you know, I could go, I could go, I guess, the safe floor of um safe floor of I guess lettuce pickles. That's that's got the floor that I want, but but for me at, at this point, you gotta take upside. So I know we've mentioned onions, but I wanna I don't know if this is maybe breaking the rules. So if I need to repick again, I can, but I, I almost feel like you gotta have a good 
onion ring. So not, not just onions, but you got to get the whole ring to it too. And with the barbecue sauce too, that you mentioned before that perfect. Yeah. So I'll go, I'll go upside here as well. I was thinking about just going to safe floor with a, with a, the, the tomato. It's a staple on most burgers. Griff, whenever you're talking about like California style, I thought you were going here. Give me a fucking pineapple slice on that burger. Let me let me go a little little West Coast Hawaiian style. I'll any, any of you guys mess with that? Any I, I also I'm also pineapple on pizza. So I was gonna, I was gonna say you might as well say goodbye to half the listeners right now, man. They've just we're all like, what the hell is this episode? <laughs> no, you know what? My my father in law, I'm gonna shout out my father in law real fast. He made this burger one day, and I don't want to detour too much, but it was a Hawaii based burger. He had this wasabi mayonnaise, and he took the the pineapple slice and he pressed it into the burger before he grilled it. So he grilled the pineapple into the burger. Um, oh my god, that was so good and underrated. And at first, I'm like, what is he doing back there? I, I was gonna give him hell, and that sucker was good because the sweetness from the pineapple cooked into the burger fire. Wow. So I will be on board with that. I I don't I don't dig the pineapple on pizza take or whatever, but um, yeah, hey, I'm not mad at that pick. Awesome, guys. Well, we're going to wrap up here. I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, make sure I'm going to put this out to a to a poll. Make sure you guys vote on this. I won two weeks in a row, so I am undefeated. See if you guys can bring me down with, uh, with this one. Um, guys, why don't you go ahead, sign off, tell everybody where they can find you at, anything you're working on, anything you want to pimp. Well, first of all, man, thanks for having us on. Uh, the Matt and Matt duo coming in here and uh, – you know, shout out to Frank, man. I hope you're doing better, bro. I hope uh, you didn't wear that bathroom out. But thanks so much for having us. Um, it's a lot of fun. I've been tuning in with you guys week to week, chiming in on the chat. I uh, love what you guys got going on over here with the full circle deal. So, uh, But I'm at Commissioner Griff on Twitter, uh, at DHH, writing over there, doing more of the Debbie thing at the Debbie Happy Hour podcast. Um, I just was on Ray Garvin's podcast yesterday, Destination Debbie. So tune in on that one. We did a week one recap. Uh, but yeah, check us out on the Debbie Happy Hour, and uh, we're doing uh, Debbie uh, Debbie Mock. We just finished up, so we're gonna pump out some articles on that, and uh, doing Debbie rankings over there as well. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having us on, um, Frank. I hope you feel better. Um, I appreciate you letting me and Commission hold it down for a little bit, so <laughs> you can handle your business. But uh, you guys can find me at dhh underscore matt. Um, currently, I'm working on um, a lot of college Debbie stuff. I've started recently scouting as the uh, Big Ten scout for the Dynasty Draft Room with uh, Matt Hicks and Zach Paltrow. Um, other than that, we've got me and my man, um, Aaron Yakel have got our own podcast that Cody and Frank have been a part of. Um, so we can find us at the FF Trenches and, and Deltron. He was on the first episode, I think, weren't you? <laughs> so Man, forget about those little people. <laughs> you, got, you got all big. You forgot about us. <laughs> now you can find us at the FF Trenches. Um, trying to have more regular shows on there just with work hours and stuff like that. It's gotten a little crazy, but, and then I do, um, like, uh, McGriff, McGriff said, I do, um, Debbie rankings and stuff for dynasty happy hour. So if you got any Debbie questions, college questions, hit me up on Twitter. It's DHH underscore Matt. Awesome guys. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on the fantasy full circle pod. Uh, good luck to everybody week one and we'll be back next week. Bye.